He's a good God. So we're going to get into the message, amen? But I wanted to, I really felt in my heart in worship, none of that is in the notes. I really felt in my heart in worship that that needed to kind of set the stage for us for this message, right? So three keywords, alignment, priorities, unprecedented. So the toughest question we need to tackle right now is this. We're talking about alignment today. This is Assignment 2024 is the title of the message. So why do we need to re-examine our foundations? Why is it important for me to get aligned or to get realigned? The question is why, because that's very important. Like, why do we need to get aligned? Why is this important? You may say, yeah, my priorities are out of whack, a little out of whack, but I'm still managing I'm still surviving. I'm, you know, I'm doing good. Do you want, I don't want to, I don't know about you. I don't want to just survive. I, I, want, I want to really live a life of, of thriving in God and, 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 and taking hold of everything that he has for me. And I know you want to do the same. So my answer would be this in 2024, shaky foundations and just barely getting by are not going to cut it. And here's the thing that we have to understand, okay, about foundations. Pastor Mike would understand this very well. How many people in here are builders, construction? You would understand this very well. I never was a builder, but I was in sales for a construction company, and I knew this much. You may not see stuff under the surface, right? There's a foundation, and when that foundation is built on either sand, which is shifty ground that doesn't have a lot of stability, or it's not deep enough. Does that make sense? So if something's on on shifty ground, what they do is they put in pillars to go deeper into ground to get on solid ground, right? So the Bible speaks to that, building your house on the rock, where it's either sand, which is shifty, or not deep enough, right? Does that make sense? So it could be faulty, it could be not deep enough. So we got to go deep in God. We got to build ourselves. We got to have a deep-rooted foundation on the right principles, right? Because you could have deep-rooted foundations on the wrong principles, amen? So I've learned this much. When you go to assess a foundation, you don't necessarily know what's under the surface, right? How you know what's under the surface, come on, you could guess this. Where do you look? You look at the windows. You look at the cracks on the doors. You look at the house going like this. That's how you know the foundation's faulty. So going into this message, how are we going to know that we have a faulty foundation when these symptoms pop up in our lives, when these red flags pop in our lives? Amen? So here's a quote from Tyler Galden. And we don't know who he is other than he posted a clip um, of a sermon recently that's worth repeating. Wanna, so I'm going to read this quote, and then I'm going to end the quote so you know the quote's over and the whole message isn't a quote. But anyway, <laughs> you have to do that, right? You're like, he just read a whole quote. So one of the hardest things you will ever do is getting over a broken heart and still walking with God. And we've had many of them in the past few years. I know if I've had a broken heart before, how many people had a broken heart, if you're really honest, in certain areas of your life? Maybe you walked with God and you were, something was disappointed in your life. So the hardest thing for those of you who have walked through the fire of divorce is trusting God is still in control when your entire world is falling apart. Maybe when your children go astray, the hardest thing in the world is to trust God that all is going to be okay, Right? Whenever you go down to the grave of somebody that you love with all your heart, you're going to uh, go down there with a broken heart. Every time you pass the cemetery, a piece of you is laying six feet under, under the dirt. And yet God is still dealing with you. And God is still calling you. And God is still working on you. And your heart is crying. God, it never turned out like I thought. 
It was going to turn out my family as broken as they ever been. Now, we don't want to stay that way, right? But ladies and gentlemen, we, lived in, we live in a messed up society. We live in a broken world. There's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of broken hearts. We may have suffered betrayals, but no matter how bad it looks, it looks, it looks like this is how it will always be. But do not forget, in spite of all this, God is calling you to the other side. In spite of sorrow, he is calling you to the other side. In spite of fear, he is calling you to the other side because the wholeness you desire and I desire is waiting for you on the other side. Are you ready to go to the other side? Yeah. Amen, amen, end quote. I just wanted to add that. So in 2024, it's time to go to the other side. So we talked about this December 31st, New Year's Eve. Hope everybody had a great new year. So we stand on the very edge of a new year. With a new year comes new opportunities, right? In a very real way, we're much like the people of God, the Israelites, as they stood on the edge of the promised land. In Joshua 3, they prepared to cross the Jordan River. The people were told to, to take heed to God's instructions because you have never been this way before. You and I, you and I have never been in 2024, we don't know what to expect, right? There may be some challenges, and that's truth, but we know it's going to be good, right? We know God has a plan for our life that's good, amen? amen? So last weekend, we saw that before Joshua and the Israelites could even think about crossing to the other side, God had instructions for them. Today, before we even think of taking on the challenges of 2024, we need some key instructions, okay? So we're going to talk about getting our life aligned with God's plan for our life. Amen? Before I want to do that, I want to talk to us about the word grit. How many people have ever heard the word grit? Right? Okay, grit means courage and resolve. Good? Okay. <laughs> Pastor Joy's like, never heard of it. So anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. So the word is grit, okay? And there used to be this, this Christian uh, woman that I worked with, and our manager would always say, that woman is gritty. Like, man, she just gets it done. And we were, we were in sales. She was just so focused. She always did well. She was gritty. And I would, she'd always say to me, I'm not a great salesperson, but I'm, I'm consistent. I'm like, no, that makes you great. That's why you're so great, because you're consistent. And out of consistency comes greatness. And she was always so gritty. And I think one of the most important things we could teach our children is grit, grit in the Holy Spirit, how to press on when life gets tough, right? So Joshua... God gave instructions. He said, be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and courageous. Be only strong and courageous. That speaks of grit. That speaks of resolve. So if we're going to make some changes in 2024 and align our lives with God's plan, we're going to have to have grit. The, that, people who make it and people are successful with God and have a strong relationship with God, they are not experience any different things than any of us have, right? We all experience the same things. They're just willing to press through those disappointments, press through things that come against them. Amen? Because God is good. So it's time to get our lives aligned with God's plan. So we need to stop insisting that God endorse, fund, and fulfill our plans for our lives, Right? God bless you. It does not work that way. So listen to the word alignment. It's arrangement in a straight line or in correct or appropriate relative positions, a position of agreement or alliance 
the proper positioning or stating or adjustment of parts in relation to each other. This could be like a mechanical, electronical device. But in essence, when you think about get your, getting your life aligned with God, think of this. Just nothing missing, nothing broken, and everything working in order the way it's supposed to work. How many people it's frustrating when you're excited about something and maybe you're not feeling right, there's a physical symptom you can't, and you can't, you can't tell what it is, but something just doesn't feel right. And you're like, oh, you're at a party. I got to go. Something doesn't feel right. Why? Because something's off in your body. It has to be in alignment. So I worked for Star 99 one years ago, and I want to use this, this picture, this backdrop of alignment. They used to do this family festival in Ocean Grove. It was really hot one day, and I think that was part of why we were out of alignment that day. It was really hot, and me and this girl, Courtney, we had the job of putting like all these tents in order. And we had a ruler and like a, we had something, a measuring tape, and we had to measure it, okay? So we had to make sure all the tents were like this and like this on the other side. So me and Courtney were like, we got this. So we put aside the ruler, right? And we're like, we got this. And we look back and it's like going like this. Why? Because we were trusting in our own devices. We were trusting in ourselves. We were trusting in our judgment, not something else, not that ruler, not that exact measurement. It seemed right to us, right? It seemed right in our eyes, but it was just a little off, right? But if we would went with the measuring stick, we would have got an alignment. So it's the same thing with the things of God. Our sometimes, you know, our, our, our minds, we, we, our own judgment, we leave it to our own judgment, we can go off. So we need to align ourselves with the word of God. So we all love to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, and it is true. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Notice whose plans are they? Whose plans are they? They're God's plans. Well, pastor, I have a plan, a dream, a goal. Wonderful. We could go ahead and knock ourselves out. The stark reality is your plan, my plan, our dreams, if it's not in alignment with God's plans, he's not obligated to bring those things to pass. Amen? But pastor, doesn't the Bible say he will give you the desires of your heart? Will you give the desires of my heart? Doesn't it say that? So let's read it correctly, right? Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart, right? Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That word commit in the Hebrew means roll your way onto him. But look at it this way. It's really simple. When you're delighting yourself in the Lord, when we're pliable, when we're spending time with him, when we're listening to him, when we're in his word, doing all that, what happens is now he gives us the desires of our heart. He puts them in there. He places his desires in our heart that now become our desires and we fulfill his plan for our life. Is that not good? So we think about that, say, Lord, I'm going to delight in you and you give me the desires of my heart that are your desires so that I could fulfill them. And then his desires become our desires, right? Didn't that happen when we first became born again? Amen. We didn't want to do the same things we used to do, right? So things changed. So in our selfishness sometimes, unfortunately, in our self-centeredness, we thought he was saying, whatever random desires we come up with, I will give it to you. A good father that doesn't give 
Their kids everything. Do we give our kids everything? They think they need this. No, but we know what they really need, right? So only the desires that originate with him are the, des the desires that he has promised to bring to pass. So remember, Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans I have for you, the plans I have for you, the plans he has for us. See, the Israelites went over and spied the promised land. Listen to this. 10 came back and said, we're not able to go over to the other side. Why? Because they didn't have that grit. They didn't have that determination to say, we can do it, right? So if 10 came back, let's go back to Egypt. Things, things look tough in there. There's giants in the land, right? God said to Moses, get out of the way. Let me start over with you. Why? Because their plan to go back to Egypt was not in God's plan, right? We're not those that shrink back. We're those that move forward. Can I get an amen on that? Amen, amen. amen. So, so God told them, if you're not going to stick with my plan, then there's no use for them in that sense. They all died in the wilderness. Only two from those millions got to go over to the other side, Joshua and Caleb, the only two who agreed to stick with God's plan. Numbers says, listen to this, Caleb had a different spirit. He follows me wholeheartedly. It's not just when it gets, you know, it's not just when it's easy, when it's tough, when there's giants in the land, he presses through, right? He, it says, and when Caleb, at one point, when all the spies came back with the bad report, he said, for we can certainly do it. We can possess the land. And I say that to you, and I say that to me. In 2024, we can possess his promises. Amen? We can possess his promises. We can certainly do it, and we're going to the other side. It doesn't matter what it looks like on this side. We are going to the other side. Amen? He's taking us to the other side. So they kept themselves in alignment with God's plan. Only those who align themselves with God's plan we get over to the other side. I don't know about you, but I want to be in his will. I want to do what he wants me to do for my life. And, you're, and I know you feel the same or you would not be here in pouring cold rain, right? Because I don't like, does anybody like pouring cold rain on your head? I don't like it. So, so I know you're here for a reason, right? Um, so it even makes sense in the natural, okay? Listen to this. You're traveling on a road. You have a destination in mind. However, you feel like something's out of whack in your car. I remember going on a trip with my car, and it was my kids, my parents, we were going to Lake George, and something wasn't right. And I'm like, man, I got to go to the, the mechanic because something does not feel right. And he's like, thank God you came to me. Your ball joints were ready to fall off, and your wheel was going to fall off. It's like, thank God for the Holy Spirit. And we had to take all the stuff out, rent a car. We left it there, got, fi got a fix and pick it up when we got back. But something was out of whack, right? You keep pulling to the left. You know, your car's pulling to the left. You're pulling to the right to compensate. Your tires look okay, so you brush it off. You don't realize the tires have worn unevenly, whatever it is. You hit a little bump, and it sends you into maybe a disaster. So if you only had gotten an alignment on your car, right? So the purpose of a wheel alignment, and I'm not a mechanic by no means, so I'm not going to work on your car, don't worry. So the purpose of a wheel alignment is to sure your vehicle's travel is truly safe without pulling 
from one side to the other. That's why I think it's always, it is good to go to a dealership because they give you this rundown of everything. I love that. You're like, good. I know I'm good. My car looks good, right? So the alignment will keep your travel safe, your wheels from uneven wear, your gas burning efficiently, and your ride will be smooth. So basically, when everything's right in your car, it's going to run smooth. See, when our lives are out of alignment, we wear out much faster. The ride is uncomfortable, and if not corrected and realigned, unfortunately, we could be heading for disaster. But you ever think about this, right? Things like whatever it is, like a symptom, is really a protective measure. We're not supposed to be sick, and I don't want symptoms because that means there's sickness in our bodies. Does that make sense? We shouldn't. Okay, so I'm not saying condoning sickness, but when we do get sick, thank God that there's a little symptom so we know what to go after. We know what to pray for, but it's 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 protective. It protects us. When there's a symptom in a car and there's a noise, right? It's good when you hear a noise. Why? I got to get something fixed. So these things are protective measures in our lives. So when things start to get out of alignment, we need to look at it that way. So the key word is alignment. So we got two more points at seven o'clock where we got our, our Bible school announcement done. We set the message up. We're, we're making great time. Amen. Amen. So number one, we got two points we want to talk about. Do not ignore the signs. How many times, let's talk about relations for a second. Do you talk to somebody and the person's like red flag after red flag after red flag after red flag and they just keep overriding it. Yeah, but they have a really good heart. They're really good down deep inside. I'm like, how deep? You got to dig pretty deep to find it, right? God knows their heart, but whatever. So I'm just, I'm kind of being facetious. I'm joking. You could have some hangups, but my point is it's red flag after red flag. So sometimes, and even like in a car, the changes are very subtle that we ignore the red flag. So do not ignore the signs, right? It may not be a relationship. It may be you're working yourself too hard and you have three people come up to you, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Look, sl- slow down, like you're moving fast. You don't have a lot of help. Maybe you should get some help or take on a little less. And we're like, no, no, I can do it. But sometimes we ignore God uses people. When you start, list- when two or three people start saying something to you, you start to Listen, okay, maybe I should listen, okay? So we have signs we're in need of spiritual alignment. We may feel disconnected from God, right? Here's one. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, right? Okay, when you start not caring that much about the lost or your compassion level is a little low, you need a little alignment maybe. Lord, help me. What's going on with this? Why am I not caring about people as much as I used to, right? So we may have fallen into practicing like repetition, um, you know, repetition or just going through the motions and not just a heart of true love to just spend time with him, right? There's, I think there's a song from years back, I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go one more day without your all-consuming passion or something like that, something to that effect. It, it talks about that. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to just you know, go through these things and not truly love you and not have that passion inside of me. And we want to have that passion. So the question is, are we seeking God, praying, coming to church, reading our Bibles only? Now don't, I like when pastor turns around and says things like this, only when a crisis or disaster arises. But honestly, sometimes, thank God, as some people would never 
see God, right? So is it just crisis? Is, isn't it like the worst feeling when your children only come to you only when they need you, right? I, you know, I was talking to someone recently about that, about a lot of kids they have, and they said, yeah, but it seems like they always need something, right? They're always calling, but isn't it good to just get a call from your kid, and they're like, Dad, I just want to say hello, because I love you, and that happens, right, to a lot of us. That's a great feeling, but then five minutes later, they're like, can you send me uh, 50 bucks? I'm kidding. <laughs> then you're like all disappointed, but anyway, it's always nice to get a call from your children to know they love you. So here's the whole point about don't ignore the signs. And then we're going to move on to the next point, okay? There was a show from Andy Griffith, uh, Andy Griffith show years back, and there was a guy named Barney Fife, and I was kind of looking it up, listening to it. He's really funny. And he used to have a saying called, nip it in the bud, right? Ooh, you guys got that one. So it was Don Knotts, who's one of my favorite, like, um, you know, comedians. He's hysterical. So it's so important to nip it in the bud. And what does that mean? Get it while it's small. Get it while it hasn't full bloom yet. Because when it's full bloom, you're going to be cutting a lot of flowers out when you can just nip it in the bud. I'm embarrassed to say this, especially with Pastor Rick here working for, <laughs> for, working for Toyota. But I am embarrassed to say this, but at one point, I didn't get an oil change for a really long time. And I switched the cars with somebody, and I thought they may have gotten it. And that, this is a bad miscommunication. I'm driving down Church Road. I heard the loudest noise is my engine. It exploded. I'm like, what was that? All I know is my car didn't ride anymore. $7,000 later, who could guess what happened? Engine, $7,000 later. If I nipped it in the bud... It would have cost me, at that time, $50 for an oil change. The engine went. Does that not prove the point well? Nip it in the bud. Maintenance on your car. Cars last longer. They work better. We are just like that as human beings. Like We, we get out of whack, and we have to take care of things. So don't ignore the signs. You getting anything today? Amen. So one last thing. As we move into the next point, we have to be honest with ourselves. Amen. Sometimes as Christians, let's just be honest. We praise the Lord, brother. Everything's great. Now, I'm not saying you have to go tell all, air all your dirty laundry, but the point is sometimes we feel like we have to put on this image like everything's great. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm hurting today. I need prayer. Can you help? Because if we're not honest with ourselves, we cannot change. I cannot stress that enough. First John 1, if we confess our sins, what does that mean? Agreeing with God, God, this is sin. This is wrong, and I need to stop it. It's that simple. He is faithful and just to what? Forgive us. And here's the beauty. He doesn't only forgive us. He cleanses us from all the dirtiness that we got into. He cleanses our minds. He cleanses our hearts, right? He's so faithful. He's so good. So moving in, we have to take inventory, get a checkup, schedule an alignment with the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to sound corny. When you bring a car to the shop, before they even proceed to align the wheels, they perform a thorough inspection of the front end parts. Um, the technician uses high-tech equipment to square the car's wheels and axles, and you could bring your spiritual life into alignment by simply saying this, God, inspect my heart, Amen. right? Inspect my heart. Cry out to him, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know 
my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Something like this. Oh, I forgive them. Oh, yeah, like I'll give you an example of lying to yourself. Praise the Lord. I totally forgive that brother and sister. I love them with all my heart. They reap what they sow. God's the judge. He's righteous. He'll take care of them. How did you, you forgave them by saying God's going to take care of them? No, forgiveness is Father God, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father God, I release them. Father, and see, Jesus said this in forgiveness, and this was the most powerful thing. Father God, forgive them. I'll give you a really good indicator. We'll get right back and we're almost done. I'll give you a really good indicator if you've really forgiven somebody. When you can't, not when you say, I forgive them. Because sometimes I forgive them means I forgive them, but God will make this right. He'll take care of them, right? I forgive them, but, but when you say God forgive them, that means you're saying God forgive them. God release them. I, don't, I want them to be blessed. I want, them to be, um, I want you to pour out your love on them. That's when you, that's a really good indicator that you're in alignment. That's a really good indicator that your car's running good. That's a really good indicator in your heart that you forgive them. When you could actually sit down and pray and mean it that I want that person who maybe did something that destroyed your life to be blessed. Amen? Amen. And that is the truth. So we got to be honest with this. So God says, beloved, I pray you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. As our soul prospers, our whole life begins to prosper. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of that flow, the issues of life. When we guard our heart and we keep our heart in love, that word keep is the same word that means God keeps his love for a thousand generations. It means to keep your heart like, like you would military. You put a garrison around your heart and you guard it from anything that's not love, anything that's not according to the word of God. You guard it, right? From things coming in. When we do that, our lives are in alignment. So he loves us especially when we get out of alignment. The promise to Israel, a lot of times we don't realize this in Jeremiah 29, 11, was made while they were under judgment for something like 70 years. And he said this, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness, right? That scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, was when they were still in judgment. He's saying to them, you're, you're in there, but I have a plan for you. Plans to give you a hope, a future, a plans not to harm you right? So th Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Amen. Have no fear. Keep your heart right, pliable, honest, vulnerable in the hands of God. And he will work to get you and me realigned. Amen. If we could stand up, Philippians 1.6 says this. I love this scripture. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, this realignment will prepare us. And can we close our eyes here? Because this is a very private time. I think it's very important that we go before the Lord. And just be honest. We all really need alignments in some areas that we're kind of saying we're perfect, some more than others. Let's be truth, truthful. So this realignment is going to prepare us to move past all the disappointments of the past. We will heal from the wounds and hurts and become equipped to help others cross over to 
the other side. So next week, the few weeks, we're going to be jumping into more of this, proceeding with the keywords, priorities, and unprecedented. But this is what I want to do, is the first thing I want to do is talk to those of you who have never come into a personal relationship with God. That's the first step to alignment. That's the biggest alignment you're ever really going to get, truthfully. So if you're in here right now, I want to see a show of hands, and you don't know what that is. You've never come into a personal relationship with God. Jesus, I talked about while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He died for us because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then in Romans 6.23, it says what? The wage of sin is death, but the gift of life is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that eternal life starts here. That eternal life ultimately is knowing God. Yeah, heaven is just a byproduct of that because the Bible says this is eternal life, that you would know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. And they're in heaven and we'll end up there when we know him. When we know him. So if you've never done that before or you want to rededicate your life and come back to him and you've kind of slipped away, just put up your hand. You've never, amen, amen. All right, I see some hands out there. Amen, amen. So let's, let's pray. This is a, a big day for you, whether you're rededicating or you never received Christ. It says that to as many as received him, to as many as believed in his name, he's given them the right to become children of God, right? And in Romans, it says, if you believe in your heart, right? It says, if you believe in your heart, if you, decla if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is your heart that you believe in are justified, and it's, and it's with your mouth, right, confession is made into salvation. So if you raise your hand, let's pray this prayer together, and you're going to have a new heart. The Holy Spirit's going to come and live inside of you. Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I make that confession that Jesus is Lord and Savior. I'm a child of God. I'm new. I'm made whole. I'm in relationship with you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Well, that is awesome. A number of people raised their hands at the end of service. Please do not leave. We have a special gift in your hands. We have some prayer workers that want to pray with you. Um, this, is the, this is the most important decision you made. It's important to get a Bible, get hooked up in church, talk to God, just like we're talking to him today. Amen. Amen. That's so important in your life. If you rededicate it, please give us the honor to put that special gift in your hands. Amen. So we are not done yet. I just want to speak to everybody here. Again, if you could close your eyes, because this is a private time for you that are in the family of God. We're all family now. I wanted to make sure we did it. If you're here, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I want this to happen in your seats. And you just want prayer for that area. And you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be honest. I'm ready for that alignment. Whether it's small, whether it's large, I'm ready in 2024 to, to not ignore those, those warning signs, to check up with the Holy Spirit. And it's going to not just happen all here today. Let's just ask the Lord to show us together and believe that that can happen. If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. If that's you, amen, amen, amen. 
All right, there's many people. You can put your hands down. So we're really praying this together. If you didn't raise your hands, let's just all pray this together as family. I'm going to lead us in a prayer of confession. And if you need prayer for that alignment, you need someone mature here to pray with you. Have our prayer workers here. We'll be more than happy to pray with you. Amen. But let's start off with this prayer uh, just to get our hearts in that direction. Father, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you discipline those you love. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will bring those things to the surface that need alignment. This year, I desire to walk in truth, to walk in honesty, and I know that you desire for my soul to prosper, for my life to prosper, for my good, and so I could share in your holiness. I thank you in the days to come, you will bring those things to the surface, and I thank you for your grace to face them and rid my life of the things that are holding me back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, good stuff, amen, amen. God is good. It's gonna be an awesome year. Um, it, uh, if, again, if you need prayer for anything that wasn't listed or uh, we, anything we talked about, we have our prayer workers up here. Uh, we, we just want to pray with you. And um, just God bless you. Have a safe trip home and have a great weekend and a great new year. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.